Welcome to the fourth session of the seminar on Rumi. I would rather call it not seminar but symposium of Rumi in the literal sense of the word, which means a gathering, a banquet for drinking wine. Rumi not only invites people to his banquet and he declares that the doors of this banquet is open. آفت این در هوا و شهوت است ورنه اینجا شربتن در شربت است Here there is no one there is no guard at the door the door are open and uh, there are uh, honey in honey sherbet in sherbet and wine in wine and uh, not only he, he invites but sometimes he sends someone after you to bring you to his banquet. I'm reminded of a poem from his lyrics. An insu Go and grab that surly, sour-looking man and bring him here. <laughs> so this is the beginning of the sonnet. Go and grab that man, that sour-looking, surly, cross-looking man and bring him here and make him drink a cup of that radiant, smiling wine. زن باده خندان رو جامی بچشانیدش Just give him a cup of that wine And, uh, and then he adds that, uh, that juice of grape That wine of grape um, Has got no light Because you know in Persia In the gatherings of the wine bibbers It is customary that they often say Well, take a draft So that you may be enkindled Kindle yourself up. So Rumi is referring to this, that uh, this body, in body, anguri, hargez nadahad nuri, it has got no light. Give him from my wine so that he would be really bright as a sun. So he is uh, calling people, both in his masnavi, in his rhyming couplets, as well as in his uh, lyrics, and Fihimafi. Even in Fihimafi, he is calling people, uh, where are you in, in your sorrows and grieving all the time? Come to me. Because Rumi cannot stand people being unhappy and he believes that there is no place for unhappiness and for grief. There is so much uh, light and there is so much hope سوی نومیدی مرو امید هاست سوی تاریکی مرو خورشید هاست Don't go to the darkness There are hundreds of suns So uh, In the beginning of this session I wish to Make a reference to One of the most beautiful aspects of Rumi's work in Masnavi, which is his uh, invocations, his prayers, his uh, communion with God, or we could say intimations from Rumi. Uh, he is, all of a sudden he stops the story, or even as a part of the story, he prays to God either personally or in the language, I mean, in the tongue of one of his characters. 
And then he starts teaching people how to speak with God lovingly and not to demand any particular thing, uh, but to make them uh, a lover. That is the basic prayer of Rumi, the most important prayer, that God is a transformer. He, he transforms all the time. You see that in this world he transforms clay, a clod of earth, into father of Adam, a clod of earth into gold, a clod of earth into eyes. And so this is the workshop of uh, alchemy of God. So don't think about these transformations. Think about the transformer and go to the transformer directly. پس فناجویو چون دوم از اولینت بهتر است so every, in every transformation the second one is better than the first one the second stage is a better and a higher more perfect stage so when the second one is better so don't be afraid of all changes even death because all would be for the better پس فناجویو مبدل را پرست when you are reading مصنوی uh, it is very wonderful that uh, you are not expecting a particular subject to follow. Every moment you may happen to have a new experience, a totally new experience, you can't guess that, for example, one moment you are reading a very uh, serious, philosophical, deep discussion on, for example, determinism or on the unity of God or on the origin of the world, very serious and he is giving uh, in highly philosophical terminology and then a moment later an angel has appeared in the scene and speaking to you and giving you the good tidings that you shouldn't be afraid and la takhaf don't be afraid be secure and then a moment later you are reading a funny story and you smile and you go on so uh, you never get uh, tired and uh, it is never boring to read Masnavi and one of the traditions in Persian vocal music I said the, the previous time that uh, uh, they start reading Masnavi and then um, they stop at the, the singer stops in the middle and then he discusses or asks someone what is the meaning the singer asks one of the audience and then he suddenly stop, starts shedding tears and then or laughing and then again singing you see they just uh, they submit themselves to the waves of Masnavi and then they go on and every moment they find themselves in a new place uh, I wanted to explain another important point that Rumi is constantly calling people to God and to religion, to the spirit of religion. But almost equally and seriously, he is bewaring people of those people who have made the religion a shop for their uh, own benefits and the formalists. And in one of his prayers, actually, he prays that, oh God, relieve these people from the guiles of formalists, from the guiles of imposters who have no religion at all and they claim to be religionists and they deceive people. 
و رهانشان از دم صورتگران صبرشان بخش و کفه میزان گران و رهانشان از دم صورتگران This is a very good uh, prayer that oh, relieve us from the guile of these formalists who create forms but they are meaningless forms and, uh, and there are many stories uh, to support Uh, this outlook one is uh, a Muslim who is calling uh, an infidel to Islam and he says well it's very good we are friends and it's good that you come and become a Muslim and he says well if Islam it was the time of Abu Sa'id a great Sufi he said if Islam is that practice of Abu Sa'id it is too much for me I can't bear it <laughs> to be a Muslim. If it is the one that is your practice, I hate it. I don't like it. <laughs> And there is also the story of a harsh-voiced muezzin or a caller. You know, in Islam, um, the equivalent of the bell, church bell that tolls, is the caller who someone goes to the high minaret and calling people, Oh, Allah Akbar, and come to prayer. Hayya ala salah. So he's calling And he, was, he had a very harsh voice and people were very annoyed. So they collected some money and gave it to him so that he would go on a journey. For a time being, they would get rid of him. <laughs> But on the way, when he was uh, passing through the lands of uh, infidels, he continued to sing and call people. And they advised him, it's better to stop at this time. He said, no, it is an obligation. I have to call people. And then one morning... Uh, after he had done his uh, uh, prayer, I mean, his call, uh, somebody came and said, well, who is this singer? I'm looking for the singer who was singing. And uh, he said, yes, it's me. He said, oh, how wonderful. You brought me such great peace. And how can I thank you? Uh, he said, what has happened? How did you enjoy my... People don't usually don't admire my voice. He said, no, it was wonderful. After four months... I, I had a peaceful night, peaceful uh, night last night when you, in the evening, you sang the, your song. And then he asked, how is it? He said, well, I had a daughter who had inclinations to become a Muslim. And we advised her all the time and said, it is no good to become a Muslim. He said, no, I want to be... To. And then the moment you started singing, she said, what is, what is this? <laughs> what is this song? It is a song of devil. And then uh, somebody told her that uh, this is the song of uh, calling people to Islam. I said, no, it can't be that. He asked somebody else. And when he was sure, then she was mm. called. So he said, you did me a great favor. <laughs> so Rumi says, if you are calling people to Islam in such a way with such harsh voice, so people would, even if they have any heart uh, inclination to Islam, they would run away. <laughs> Uh, so tonight we will start with a very funny story um, of a man who has been working in a tannery you know um, tanning uh, industry in Iran usually um, had a very bad flavors and very bad odor yeah. yes and people who worked there were constantly in lived in very bad odor. So in the course of time, uh, their 
uh, smell would be ruined. So you will see that Rumi is so skillful in, like a painter actually, he paints uh, the situation that this uh, tanner, yes we call it, yes, this tanner goes to the market of the perfume sellers. And then they uh, spray some mm -hmm. perfume to him and then he f falls down. He faints. <laughs> uh, yes, he faints. Okay. Yes, now we can start. Okay. A certain man fell senseless and curled up as soon as he came into the bazaar of the perfumers. The scent of the perfume floating from the goodly perfumers smote him so that his head reeled and he fell on the spot. He fell unconscious like a carcass at noontide in the middle of the thoroughfare. Thereupon the people gathered over him, all crying, La Howi, and applying remedies. One was putting his hand on the tanner's heart, while another sprinkled rose water upon him. For he did not know that from smelling rose water in the meadow, that the bazaar, that, cal that, that calamity had overtaken him. One was massaging his hands and head, another was bringing moist clay mixed with straw to serve as cold plaster. One compounded incense of aloes wood and sugar, while another divested him of part of his clothes. And you another know, in Iran, still, it is um, in our tradition that when something happens to someone, all people gather together, and even if they do nothing, they would be just spectators, and they are not indifferent to things which happen to people. Mm. Caring, yes. rather than different yes. Western cities. Yes. And another felt his pulse to see how it was beating, and another was smelling his mouth to see whether he'd drunk wine or eaten bang or hashish. <laughs> the people... Who means grass. Yes. Yeah, hashish, yeah, marijuana. Yes. Is yes. yeah. The people, having exhausted every resource, remained in despair at his insensibility. So they speedily brought the news to his kinsfolk. Such and such a person is lying there in a state of collapse. No one knows how he was stricken with catalepsy and what it was that led to this public exposure. That stout tanner had a brother who was cunning and sagacious. He came at once in hot haste with a small quantity of dog's dung in his sleeve. <laughs> he cleft his way through the crowd and approached the senseless man with cries of grief. I know, said he, whence his illness arises. When you know the cause of a disease, the means of curing it is manifest. Mm. He said to himself, the smell of that dog's dung is multiplied in his brain and veins. Up to the waist in filth, he's absorbed in the tanner's craft till nightfall, seeking his livelihood. Thus, when the great Galen said, give the patient that to which he was habituated before his illness, recite the text, the wicked women for the wicked men. Yes, you see, this is the text means Quran, and there is a verse in the Quran that al khabisatul al khabisin, wicked women for wicked men, uh, means the wicked odor for the man who has been with wicked odors. Yes, this is a good old homeopathy. Yes, <laughs> yes, in the fullest sense. Recognize both the front and the back of this saying. The sincere mentors prepare medicine for him, the wicked man, with ambergris or rose water to open the door of divine mercy. You see, this uh, back and front means both the apparent meaning, the exoteric meaning, as well as the uh, esoteric meaning. Mm. Yes. 
But sweet words will not do for the wicked. Tis not fitting and suitable, O ye trusty ones. When from the perfume of the revelation they, the wicked infidels, become crooked, disordered in mind, and lost in error, their lament was, we augur evil from you. This is again a verse from the Quran, and not hatayar no bikum. Means the infidels said to the prophets that uh, you are a bad omen, mm. and uh, the news you have brought um, it doesn't smell good to us. Mm. You see, yeah. they would faint they hearing would. the news of the prophets. Yes, would be yes. too much for them. Yes. <laughs> We have waxed fat on frivolity and diversion. We have not steeped ourselves in admonition. Our food is falsehood and idle boasts and jests. Our stomachs are turned by your delivering this message. Yes. You see, it is often said that Hafiz, the prince of Persian lyric, lyric poets, uh, sums up passages, long passages from Rumi in one line. And here I can recite one line from Hafiz, Navaye bulbulat e gul koja pasandayat ke gush hush be murgan harzegudari. Could you explain it in Navaye bulbulat e gul koja pasandayat? Ah, the the uh, the benefit really of yes. the nightingale. How, how how can that bring pleasure? How can it please one? Yes. The song well, of Navo, Navo, how can Navo, a song that, of nightingale well, would bring you pleasure wealth as well, isn't it? while you have lent your ears so. to the songs of uh, crows? Yes. Morgane Harzegu means birds which, which uh, speak nonsense. Nonsense, yes. Yeah. Yes. Birds which sing but idle boast. Yes, yes. Mm. How it applies to our society in the world, I mean, yes. the world that. Uh, our, their food is nonsense, their food is cheap diversions, mm. and uh, so frivolity, that is what they have been nourished by. Yes. So they cannot get the nectar of grace from uh, uh, divine food. That's right, they've been, uh, they've, they've been fed on, on cheap stuff. On, yes, on the, yes. So they can't appreciate good yes. fare. The youth kept driving the people away from him, the tanner, in order that those persons might not see his treatment of the sick man. He brought his head close to his ear like one telling a secret, and he put the thing that he had in his hand to the tanner's nose. A short while passed. The man began to move. The people said, This was a wonderful charm. Anyone to whom the musk admonition is of no use must necessarily make himself familiar with the bad smell. Well, yes. A certain... Oh, that's the end of that yes. story. Yes. So this next second story uh, is very interesting. Uh, Rumi often evades from entering into very deep discussions, but uh, unimportant discussions, about things which do not apply our case. Mm. For example, the often discuss about the ascension of Muhammad, whether he went with his body or whether the horse was uh, bigger than a donkey or not, or <laughs> such discussions. And, and they go into deep discussions whether um, it was from this city or that city, what time of the night it was. Yes. So, and hair-splitting uh, discussions. Now, 
you can read this and right. to see how Rumi criticizes such uh, discussions very scholarly. Hmm. I'm reminded of a poem by T.S. Eliot that who put, uh, what was the weapon that put Ulysses, uh, that slayed Ulysses? Uh, the weapon that was used was a Harvard thesis. <laughs> yes. And because Ulysses means the ima- all imagination and poetry and good things. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was a Harvard thesis. <laughs> the Diddy Men. <laughs> a certain man whose hair was of two colors came in haste to a highly esteemed barber. He said, Remove the hoariness from my beard, for I have chosen a new bride, O young man. You know, in Iran, particularly in the past, men were allowed to uh, remarry while having their previous wife. So they call it Tajdid Farash, means we are renewing uh, our marriage. Uh, even uh, some poets have said that renew your wife as you renew, renew your calendar, I mean, your, your calendar book, I mean. So this man came to the barber to make himself show younger in order to get married again. Renewed. Renewed, yes. <laughs> Uh, he cut off his beard and laid the whole of it before him and said, Do thou pick out the white hairs, for it happens that I have some important business. That, yes, yes. That pick them out is dialect, for religious emotion has no care for these things, these hair-splitting disputes. Yes, because uh, the man thought that uh, he has to waste such a long, long time in order to divide, I mean, to... Um, choose the uh, white ones from the, the uh, black ones mm-hmm. and it takes too much time <laughs> and he said we are in a hurry There's, there are such more important subjects to discuss and then Rumi has many references to this fact that people uh, often know many things so many wonderful things and then they know the, the very most evident things and there is a story that uh, a king sent his son to a very a scholarly man to learn about astrology and about the occult sciences. And then when he was perfect, he came back to his father and his father said, well, you know everything he said now? He said, yes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the father had a ring in his hand and said, what is there in my hand? Then he cast his astrolabe and uh, his, his dice and said, well, it must be something very precious. He said, yes, you are right. And then he added, well, it is round. The form is round. And it, is, it has a hollow within it. Yes, it is very good, wonderful. How wonderful. And then he said, the color might be yellow. He said, yes, it is very good. And then after giving all the descriptions, he said, so what is it after all? He said, it must be a sieve. <laughs> yes, a sieve. <laughs> and the father said, how is it that you gave such wonderful descriptions and you don't understand that a sieve is not uh, contained within the palm of a hand. So Rumi often says that you know uh, the value, the price of everything and the value of nothing, as Oscar Wilde says. Uh, They they may know the price of everything, but they don't know the value of themselves. How much are you? How much are you worth? They know on us. They say, well, how much is this? How much is that? Nobody asks, how much are we? <laughs> right? Right. 
Before the slipping away of your possessions, say to the form of created things like Mary, I take refuge from thee with the merciful God. Yes. Nicholson says that this is one of the most wonderful expressions of the appearance of angel to man and shows that Rumi has really experienced this appearance of angel who could be able to explain it in such clear and convincing way. Mary in her chamber saw a form that gave increase of life, a life-increasing, heart-ravishing one. That trusted spirit rose up before her from the face of the earth like the moon and the sun. Beauty unveiled rose up from the earth in such splendor as the sun rises from the east. Anchanan ke az sharq ruyat aftab pish u barrost khubi binqab a beauty a fair one without any veil. Anchanan ke az sharq ruyat aftab just as uh, instead east. of the word rise Rumi uses uh, grows yes yes sprouts Sprouts, yes. A trembling came over Mary's limbs, for she was undressed and was afraid of evil. It was such a form that if Joseph had beheld it plainly, he would have cut his hand in amazement like the Egyptian women. You see, one of the differences between the story of the Joseph in Koran and Bible is that in the Koran there is much emphasis on the beauty of Joseph. And there is not that much emphasis in Bible. Mm. That's right. So Joseph is a symbol of the utmost uh, possible beauty on the earth. Right. And of course the comment perhaps on the Egyptian women who cut their hands. Yes, yes. In the Koran um, there is that when the wife of the king uh, was in love with Joseph and... uh, offered herself to Joseph and Joseph rejected and ran away and then he collected uh, the woman in the in Egypt started to blaming the lady and said well who is this lady he is in love with her pageant with her sa- slave Zuleikha Zuleikha yes so he gathered them all together and gave them some um, orange uh, together with a sharp knife and then suddenly asked the Joseph to come out, to come in. <laughs> when he came in, they were so bewildered by her beauty that they cut their hands. You see, so it's a symbol of being, uh, uh, being overwhelmed by beauty. Yes. Yes. So there was a time when women were so much sensitive to beauty that they would cut their hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I doubt if <laughs> there is so much uh, sensitivity in these days. Yes, since we were more involved with vulgar things these days. <laughs> yes. It blossomed from the earth like a rose before her, like a fantasy which lifts its head from the heart. Mary became selfless, beside herself, and in her selflessness she said, I will leap into the divine protection, because that pure bosomed one had made a habit of betaking herself in flight to the unseen. The exemplar of divine bounty cried out to her, I am the trusted messenger of the Lord. Be not afraid of me. This being Gabriel, of course. Yes, Gabriel. You see, Mary seeks refuge to God from Gabriel. Mm. But he says that to whom you are refuging, taking refuge, I am 
the one you are taking refuge to. <laughs> yes. Do not turn thy head away from the exalted favorites of divine majesty. Do not withdraw thyself from such goodly confidence. Confidence. He was saying this, and meanwhile from his lips a wick, a ray of pure light was going up to Simak, Arcturus, step by step, uninterruptedly. Thou art fleeing from my existence into non-existence, the unseen world. In non-existence, I'm a king and standard bearer. You see, non-existence means actually absolute existence. I forgot to bring uh, the lovely poem. I, I intended to bring it and to read the lovely poem by Mrs. Rain on, on non-existence which gave, gives the same idea exactly in a very beautiful way and shows that after a hundred years the same insight inspires a uh, different lady once in the east and once in the, in the, in the west. So non-existence means uh, absolute existence. And Gabriel says that well, I'm coming from non-existence. You are taking refuge to non-existence, means to God. But I'm coming from the same area, from the same realm. So I am the king of the realm of non-existence. Dar Adam man shahamu sahib alam. Az wujudam migorizi dar Adam. Dar Adam man shahamu sahib alam. I am the king of the non-existence realm. Verily my home and dwelling place is in non-existence. Solely my outward form is before the Lady Mary. Oh Mary... Look well, for I am a difficult form to apprehend. I am both a new moon and a fantasy in the heart. Yes. Maryamo bengar ki nakshi mushkilam. Ham jamalam ham khialan dar dilam. Chon khiali dar dilat amad nishast. Har kuja ki migorizi ba tu hast. Rumi is referring to the fact that uh, the vision is not outside, it is inside. Although it is projected to be seen outside. Um, the visionary actually sees it outside and feels it to be outside but other people don't mm -hmm. because it is not outside it is inside mm -hmm. so Rumi says it's like a fantasy because uh, uh, when Mary turned her, her face from the from Gabriel uh, she again saw her on the other saw him on the other side mm -hmm. everywhere he turned his face he saw him again so that was why he was he was in his own, in her own fantasy, in her own mind. When a fantasy comes into thy heart and settles there, it is still with thee wheresoever thou fleest, except an insubstantial and vain fantasy, which is one that sinks and disappears like the false dawn. I am of the light of the Lord, like the true dawn. For How no beautiful. Night, I'm the light of the Lord, like the true dawn. For no night prowls around my day. Hark, do not cry, La Hol, against me. La Hol is a common expression when we are afraid or we want to uh, take refuge to someone. La Hol wa la quwwata illa billah. Means there is no power but God. You see? Yeah, just sort of justifying that something's happening that one doesn't feel comfortable with. But, well, yeah, okay, I, God knows. He knows yes, better than me. Yes. So. <laughs> Do not cry, Lahul, against me, O daughter of Imran, for I have descended hither from Lahul. La I'm coming from Lahul means I'm coming from God. Because Lahul <laughs> means there is no power 
but that of God. So you say Lahol, uh, afraid, uh, being afraid of me, and you say Lahol, I'm coming from Lahol. Lahol was my origin and sustenance. The light of that Lahol was prior to the spoken word. Thou art taking refuge from me with God. I am in eternity, the image of him who is the only refuge. I am the refuge that was off the source of thy deliverance. Thou takest refuge from me, and I myself am that refuge. It also reminds of the William Blake's poem that uh, God, because Gabriel, the light of God, appeared in the form of a beautiful man for Mary. And William Blake says God is light, I mean, sorry, God appears as light to those who, who dwell at night. Dwell in of light. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. So, uh, to Mary, who was a dweller of day, uh, Gabriel appeared as a man. Thou art taking. Well, sorry. Uh, I am the refuge that was oft the source of thy deliverance. Thou takest refuge from me, and I myself am that refuge. There is no bane worse than ignorance. Thou yes. art with thy friend and dost not know how to make love. See, from here, Rumi just forgets about Mary and the angel, just gives you the vision, and he goes on. And he is now explaining how bad it is to be ignorant, because uh, uh, Mary was not aware <laughs> that uh, the one, he was uh, running away from the one which is most loving. Yes. Yes. So he says that there is no calamity in the world uh, worse than ignorance because when you are ignorant even uh, the tall uh, stature of our beloved which is like a palm tree and we have to enjoy it uh, since we are robbers they hang us uh, on the same tree and it, it turns into our gallows <laughs> yes. thou art deeming thy friend a stranger Upon a joy that thou hast bestowed the name of, I of a grief. Such a date palm which is our friend's favor. Since we are robbers, his date palm is our gallows. You see, actually Rumi adds a line here because uh, this, scene's come, this scene comes in the middle of a story of a lover who is going to Bukhara. And then Rumi says, Leave the candle of Mary a light, don't put it off. <laughs> I'll return it to it, yes. Sham'e Maryam ra behel afruhte ke Bukhara miravad an sukhte. Because that lover, uh, I was telling the story of that lover who is going to Bukhara, to his beloved, so it would be late to him. So it's better to stop here, leave the candle uh, aflame. Yes. So yes. this is another story? Yes. Okay. A sober-minded man said to Jesus, What is the hardest to bear of all things in existence? He replied, Oh, my dear soul, the hardest in God's anger, on account of which hell is trembling as we are. He said, What is the security against this anger of God? Jesus said, To abandon thine own anger at once. Yes. See, these are uh, moral stories. Um, it reminds me of uh, a very... A beautiful reference in the passage by Shakespeare, Mercy. He says that the very 
fact that you raise your hand to God for mercy, it means that you have to be merciful. So the mere fact that you are afraid of the wrath of God means that you have to swallow up your wrath. Mm. Hear this parable, how a wicked thief was cutting a hole at the bottom of a wall. Someone half awake who was ill heard the soft tapping of his pick, went on the roof and hung his head down and said to him, What are you about, O father? All is well, I hope. What are you doing here at midnight? Who are you? He said, Oh, a drummer, O oh, honorable sir. What are you about? He said, I'm beating the drum. He, the sick man, said, Where is this noise of the drum, O oh, artful one? He said, You will hear this noise tomorrow. Namely, cries of, Oh, alas, and oh, woe is me. Yes, he is referring to the day of resurrection when people would say, Oh, alas, we, we didn't do, we were, we were sleeping, we were ignorant, we were not aware. You see, it, it refers to the verse in the Quran, Wa hasrata, ya vailata. In the day of resurrection, people would say, Ya vailata, woe to me. Yes. So, and a sick man is a person who is nimbidari ke ubi marbut. In the beginning of the story, این مثال بشنو که شب دوزد انید در بن بازار رخنه می در بن دیوار رخنه می برید. He was making a hole, but he said, "I'm drum. I am a drummer." So this نیم بیماری که او بیدار بود یا نیم بیداری که او بیمار بود، because some people are totally asleep and they are unaware, and some are halfly, halfly. Awake, half awake. Yes. So they would come and they would hear something and they come and say, "What is this robber is robbing our house?" And then he says, "Go to back to sleep because <laughs> and in the morning you will hear the sound of the drum. In the morning of resurrection." Yeah, all those cries. Yes. A certain man whose hair was of two colors came in haste to a highly esteemed. Uh, we, I have uh, inserted it two two times. Yes, sorry. Oh, oh right, you are. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we, have, we have already read that. Yeah. This well, line story at the end, yes. Bar Adam Bosham Nabar Mojud Mast. This is a line from Masnavi. I am a, Rumi says, I am a lover of Adam. I am a lover of non existence. Zanke Ma'ashuram Adam Wafitaras. Or Zanke Ma'ashuram Adam Wafitaras. Because uh, I can better depend on that non existence than. All these existent things, which would be non-existent in short time. Yes. So uh, we can go now to the vision of Daruri. Mm. It's uh, a story which some intellectuals call it surrealistic story because they don't understand the meaning, and it is customary among uh, modern critics that whenever they can't understand something. And it is very strange and irrational, totally irrational to them. They would say, "Well, this is surrealistic expression," and they they praise Rumi for being surrealistic. Mm-hmm. While Rumi is not surrealistic, it is quite rational and it is within the tradition. And you can um, one by one follow the images, and it is not uh, confused. Mm-hmm. You see, uh, for example, there is a famous poem by Rumi, "Dad Jarubi Bedastam An Nigar." گفت از دریا برانگیزان قبار 
they consider it to be surrealistic. That jarubi, my, my friend gave me a sweep. A broom. Yes, a broom, yeah. and asked me to raise dust from the bottom of the sea. Mm. <laughs> yes. So this is uh, quite in tradition of um, Sufism. Mm. That Dagluqi, God have mercy on him, said, I traveled a long time between his two horizons. Years and months I went on my journey for love of the moon, unconscious of the way, lost in God. Someone asked him, Why dost thou go barefoot over thorns and stones? He said, I am bewildered and beside myself and crazed. You see, this Dagogi is the one, I was telling you that uh, he followed the school of David. He wanted the nine, not 99 wives, but 100 wives. So Dagogi was a, uh, the symbol of a true lover who loves all. And um, he said that even if I am in the midst of the ocean, I also covet the pitcher of water over there on the shore. <laughs> and coveting, he says that coveting, whatever is not allowed and is considered to be vice, when it comes to love, it turns into virtue. Hmm. See, so uh, jealousy is a virtue in love, <laughs> is a sign of love, true, true jealousy. Or even coveting, coveting all is, is a virtue. Greed. Yes, greed is a virtue. Everything turns, because love is the alchemy that turns all vice into virtue. <laughs> Do not regard these feet that walk on the earth, for assuredly the lover of God walks on his heart. And the heart that is intoxicated with the sweetheart, what should it know of road and stage or of short distance and long that long and shorter attributes of the body the fairing of spirits is another kind of fairing you have journeyed from the seed to rationality it was not by taking a step or traveling from stage to stage or moving from one place to another yes you see to safar kardiz in nutfe from embryo to be'aql you see a journey from embryo to reason it wasn't by steps or by any stations or stages. The journey of the spirit is unconditioned in respect of time and space. Our body learned from the spirit how to journey. Now it has relinquished the bodily manner of journeying. It moves unconditioned, though masked in the form of conditionedness. Yes. You see, I forgot to explain that... Uh, uh, Rumi, before Sadrul Mutaallihin Shirazi, who is considered the, the greatest uh, last philosopher in intuitive philosophy mm -hmm. of in, intuitive philosophy or falsafi ishraq in Persia, mm -hmm. uh, he has uh, um, he is famous for his uh, theory of essential motion, harikat johari. Means that uh, the motion is not only in accidents but in the essence of things. For example, if you put this book from here to here, this has moved, but the place has moved. Or sometimes the color, something is green and turns red. This is uh, a change and a motion, but in accidents. Something is uh, cold, it gets warm. This is by accident. But there is, um, Sadr Mutalin says there is 
uh, emotion in the essence of things. Mm. So you see that Rumi gives the idea here that to safar kardi zinutfe ta be agl. It means that uh, you are a human being now, but you have essentially moved your essence. The essence of your humanity has moved from that stage into this stage. So he was a precursor of many uh, modern philosophical ideas. Yes? Uh, <clears throat> now it has relinquished the bodily manner of journeying. It moves unconditioned, though masked in the form of conditionedness. Dawoodi said... One day I was going along like him that yearns, that I might behold in man the radiance of the beloved, that I might behold an ocean in a drop of water, a sun enclosed in a moat. When I came on foot to a certain shore, the day had turned late and was eventide. Of a sudden I beheld from afar seven candles and hastened along the shore towards them. The light of the flame of each candle thereof ascended beauteously to the loft of the sky. I became amazed, so that even amazement itself became amazed. The waves of bewilderment passed yes. over the head of my understanding. Yes. I was amazed, and amazement was amazed. What is going on? There are candles going up to the sky... Uh, the flames mm -hmm. and you know here uh, there are many uh, different images uh, one is candle one is man and one is trees and every time you have one candle seven candle one man seven man one tree seven trees mm. one is a symbol of unity and seven is not a number, it's a symbol of multiplicity. Mm -hmm. So every moment you look at the word, you see it's seven. The other moment you look and it's one. Mm -hmm. See, it, it depends on how you're looking at the world. Okay. See, you look at the sea. One moment you see only water. There's nothing but water, it's all water, it's one. And the other moment you see thousands and wa of waves and bubbles and frost. Mm -hmm. See? So seven is not, uh, it is just used because it's a traditional number uh, used by poets. I thought, what kind of candles are these that he hath lighted so that the eyes of his creatures are screened from them? The people had gone to seek a lamp in the presence of that sevenfold candle which was surpassing the moon in splendor. Yes. You see, these candles are the candles of imagination and inspiration. And those lamps are the lamp of their own reason, which has got no light, no real light. Mm -hmm. So they were in darkness, and they didn't come to um, uh, avail themselves of this, uh, the light of these candles. Right? Wonderful. There was a bandage over their eyes. They were bound by the divine destiny implied in the text. He guideth the right those whom he will. See, there is a reference to the Quran, again, a verse in the Quran that We have made a curtain on their eyes, before their eyes, and before their ears, so that they cannot see, so that they cannot hear. So don't be surprised if 
but saying to Dagori, don't be surprised that they don't see, they don't see these lights because there are curtains before their eyes. Right? Then I saw the seven candles become one, its light cleaving the bosom of the sky. Then again that one became seven once more. My intoxication and bewilderment waxed mighty. There were such connections between the candles as may not come on the tongue and in my speech. That which one look perceives, it is impossible during years to show it forth by the tongue. How very true that if a thousand books you read about the beauty of a fair maid, it is not equal to seeing her once, just one look. <laughs> See, so vision is much greater than uh, hearing. Mm. Yeah. That which intellectual apprehension sees in one moment, it is impossible during years to hear it by the ear. I advanced farther, running and marveling what thing those candles are, which are the signs of the divine majesty. Thus I was going beside myself and dumbfounded and deranged till I fell down from making haste and speed. In this state, senseless and witless, I lay fallen a while upon the dust of the earth. Then I came back to my senses and rose up. You would say that in my faring I had neither head nor foot. Yes. The, the seven candles appeared to the eye as seven men. Their light was mounting to the azure vault. Beside those lights, the daylight was murky as it dregs. By their intensity, they were obliterating all other lights. Then each man assumed the shape of a tree. My eye was happy in their greenery. On account of the denseness of the leaves, no boughs were visible. The leaves, too, had become scant, had almost vanished, on account of the plenteous fruit. Every tree had thrown its boughs above the sidra. What of the sidra? They had reached beyond the void. The root of each tree had gone down into the bottom of the earth. Assuredly, it was lower than the ox and the fish. You know, in uh, the astronomy, in uh, uh, Ptolemy's astronomy, they believed that there are seven uh, firmaments and then there are two other firmaments and behind that there is nothing but void. So Rumi says that uh, uh, the trees, the, uh, those, the boughs of those trees were not even to Sedra. Sedra is the highest point of heaven, but it was even further than that. Mm -hmm. It had gone into the void. The low tree, Sedratul yes. Muntaha. Yes, Sedratul Muntaha. Mm -hmm. Their roots were more smiling of face than the boughs. The intellect was turned upside down, confused and bewildered by their shapes. From the fruit that was bursting forcibly, flashes of light would spurt forth like juice. More wondrous than all else was this, that hundreds of thousands of people were passing through the desert and plain beside them, hazarding their lives, ready to sacrifice everything in desire for shade, and making a parasol out of a wooden, a woolen garment. Uh, they don't see the moon. Soha is a very weak star, uh, actually one of the weakest when they wanted to test someone's sight. If you could see Soha, he had a very strong sight. Mm. So Soha is a symbol of uh, the, the least 
light. The dimmest star. Yes, the dimmest star. Yeah. So he says that it often happens that people see the Sohar, but they don't see the moon, mm-hmm. the full moon. He sees a moat, but not the sun. Yet he is not despairing of the grace and loving kindness of God. The caravans are without food, and yet these fruits are dropping right beside them. Oh God, what magic is this? Yes. I often think that this Rumi himself is the tree. He's calling people that there is so much fruit. Come to me and come up. I can give you juicy fruits of all kinds. And people, they are fighting against each other on rotten apples, and then they don't come to this tree. <laughs> rotten apples is, might be such uh, cheap uh, uh, distractions they have. Yes. With parched throats, the people, having fallen pell-mell to plunder, were gathering the rotten apples, while every leaf and bud of those boughs said continually, Oh, would that my people knew... Yes, this is again a verse from the Quran. Ya light qawmi ya'lamun. How nice would it be if people would know. It's a pity that they don't know. You see. From the direction of every tree was coming the cry, Come towards us, O ye folk of evil fortune. While from the divine jealousy there was coming to the trees the cry, We have bandaged their eyes. Nay, there is no refuge. If anyone had said to them, go in this direction. This is again a verse from the Quran. Kalla la vazar. Bandeshan kardim. Kalla la vazar. We have closed their eyes. And because of the jealousy, God is jealous. In a particular sense of the word, it needs time to explain. But uh, God is jealous in, in many different ways. One of the ways which Rumi emphasizes many times is that uh, if... Uh, God may curse Satan, for example. Mm. But if other yes. people say that, well, who is this Satan? I'm better than him. Mm. Then God would punish them. <laughs> say, well, you are you. He is, he is much better than you. Yeah. And there is actually a story by Ruzi Adam bar Balisi Kushagist as Hegarat was Ziafat Dengarist. Once Adam looked down at Iblis, at uh, Satan, and said, well, who is this? Uh, he belittled him. Mm-hmm. And then, immediately, God said, you don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he turns his uh, cloak upside down mm-hmm. and shows the other, his other face, mm-hmm. then you will come to know him. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't dispern him. Dis, uh, dispern or you wouldn't spurn him. Spurn him, yes. Yeah. If anyone had said to them, go in this direction, that ye may seek happiness from these trees... They would all have said, by divine destiny, this poor intoxicated wretch has become mad. Through long melancholy and through austerities, the brain of this poor wretch has turned putrid like yes. an onion. There is again reference to the Quran that uh, the infidels said that uh, these prophets are all mad. They said he is either, Muhammad is either a magician or a madman. Mm-hmm. Crazy, yes. He would have remained in astonishment, saying, Oh Lord, what is the matter? What is this veil of blindness and misguidance that is upon the people? The people of every sort, though endowed with manifold discernment and understanding, yes. do not move a foot in that direction. 
By one consent, the intelligent and acute amongst them have become incredulous of such a garden as this and undutiful. Or have I become mad and crazy? Has the devil cast something of delusion upon my head? At every moment I rub my eyes, considering whether I am dreaming and beholding a phantom in this world of, my, of time. How can it be a dream? I go up the trees, I eat their fruit. How should I not believe? O oh, Dahupi, advance more quickly in thy quest for unity. Hark, be silent, inasmuch as there is a dearth of ears. How long wilt thou speak? How long? Dahupi said, I, the fortunate one, pushed forward. Again all the seven trees became one tree. At every moment they were becoming seven, and also a single one. You may imagine what I was becoming like through bewilderment. After all, I beheld the trees engaged in the ritual prayer, drawn up in line and properly arranged like the congregation of Muslims. One tree was in front like the imam, the others were standing behind it. That standing and kneeling and bowing low on the part of the trees seemed to me very marvelous. And I called to mind the word of God, he said, concerning the stalkless plants and the trees, they bow down. Yes, it is also, it's again a verse in the Quran, Wanajmi Washajari Yasjodan, all sorts of trees whether they are stalks just or big trees, they all are prostrating before God. After a long while, those trees became seven men, all seated in contemplation for the sake of God who is single. I, I keep rubbing my eyes and wondering, who are those seven heroes and what have they of this world? When by traversing the road I came near to them, I saluted them alertly. The company, the seven men, answered that salutation, saying, O Dahupi, glory and crown of the noble. Afterwards they said, We desire to follow thy leadership in prayer, O holy friend. Yes, I have caught the story at this exciting moment. <laughs> you might wonder what is going to happen. Yes, uh, but it was too long, and uh, there are very beautiful discussions I thought that it would be better that you refer to the main, I mean, to the book itself, but I'll just give you the gist of what happens, that they uh, ask Daruri to be the leader of the prayer, and then when Daruri stands before and they follow him um, and facing towards the sea, suddenly in the midst of the prayer, Daruri sees that uh, uh, a ship, a ship is about to drown far uh, near the seashore. And then everybody is praying to God and they are crying and they are uh, unhappy. So um, Daguri suddenly feels pity for them and then says, Oh God, have mercy on them, pardon their sins, whatever mm -hmm. sins, whatever they have done, and save them. And then uh, the storm keeps quiet and they think that it is because of their prayer, while they don't know that someone else's prayer has been accepted. So, uh, when the prayer is finished, uh, Dahuri listens without turning back, listens, uh, I mean, hears that uh, there is a uh, whispering behind him, 
and they are speaking, who was that? Who was that impolite person who interfered with the uh, destiny of God? That ship had to be drowned. Who, was, who did that? That will return to say it was me, or it was I, that uh, I prayed for them. You see? And then he lost them. He didn't see them anymore. And Rumi says this last line I have made calligraphy, for years Daguri was weeping and was seeking them, was looking for them to find those seven men again. And so don't lose your hope. Go on with your seeking and you will finally find them. Thank you. Dr. Bobshay, I wanted to ask, is Dawoodi a creation of Rumi, or is he... Well, there has been some story, but not in this way. Mm -hmm. But he was inspired by the story of a true man called Dawoodi. There was a man, a Sufi. Mm -hmm. But he has created the image Mm -hmm. himself. I see. Oh. Using the name of Dafu No, but the same story. The same story, yes. yes. Anyway, tonight is the eve of the new year for, for Iranians. Uh, the first, tomorrow is the first day of spring, the, the, the beginning of the vernal equinox. Mm. And uh, for, for two weeks, actually for 13 days until the 13th of the month, uh, there is a public holiday everywhere in Iran. Of course, some have only one week, and but mostly two weeks. The, sco- the schools and the universities are all closed. Mm-hmm. On the 13th day, uh, we read the story together that mm-hmm. uh, on the 13th day, they go out. They, everybody has to go out and to find Solomon, mm-hmm. who is uh, in the countryside to bring him back. Solomon is equity and balance and justice, a symbol of a just king. And Rumi uh, applies it to our case that uh, there is a Solomon in us. Put him on the throne of your being and be just first in your own country. So uh, then every... then. It would be spring in you, and you will bloom when Solomon is uh, on the throne. But when the devil is on the throne, it is winter, and it is cold, and uh, all roads are closed, and you cannot move. So there are many um, mythological and legendary stories around this uh, uh, no ruse, and very... uh, endeared traditions by Iranians um, jumping over fire and singing that said, oh fire, give your redness to me and take my yellowness mm-hmm. instead. Uh, and uh, they just, they also give gifts to each other. I know the Magi or the Magis are the first who had the tradition of giving gifts uh, for happy occasions. Mm-hmm. And still it is uh, very common among Iranians to give gifts, particularly to children, even to grown-ups. Mm-hmm. To grown-ups, they would give uh, books or other presents, 
but to children usually they give uh, the hard note mm. I mean the, the money itself yeah. yes. well congratulations for the new year to all and I hope that all your days would be a new year Rumi says what is this aid what is this uh, just one day it is just one day in a year we want uh, a, a festival which is every day every morning is a new year right. <laughs> is a new day of our uh, year right. so I'm reminded of uh, what in Alice in, in the Wonderland when he is talking to Humpty, Humpty Dumpty mm. he says uh, what is that in your head or is it a neck uh, sorry, is, is it a tie or a belt? <laughs> because Humpty Dumpty is so thick yeah, and fat, yeah. he couldn't make, whether it was a, a, a tie or a, a belt. Mm -hmm. He said, it is a tie. I got it for my unbirthday present. But uh, <laughs> Alice said, he, he, wonder, he was wondering what it means. He said, well, I don't like it. I like birthday present more. And then Humpty Dumpty said, uh, you don't know. You don't know uh, what you say. How many days are your uh, birthday? said one. And how many days is not your birthday? It is 655. Yes, it's, it's 64, 65. said, so it's better to have unbirthday presents. <laughs> so it's better to have uh, every day, not to have just once a year, to have one day to make a feast out of it. But every day is a happy day and a happy occasion. Thank you. <laughs> well, he was um, a leader of the prayer in the in Konya, in Unie, and he had his circle of teaching. Probably he had certain formal teachings of uh, philosophy, of uh, theology, of commentary on the Quran, and he was a good teacher and a preacher as well. So this uh, sudden change uh, was actually the alchemy of chance, and uh, he has a beautiful poem about uh, this incident. Actually, all his poetry is about this incident. And uh, he says, Goftam Jadugari. I told him in Sushams, I told him, you are, a, you are a wizard, you are a magician. Goftam Jadugari, sost bechandidu goft. He laughed and laughed and said, Seh asar keikonat. Zekre miravat. It is the name of God. It is not, it is not magic. It is not magic. Uh, magic has no effect. It is only the name of God that has effect. So, I think that Shams uh, showed him the name, not the name, but the named one. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Rumi is um, so happy in Masnavi as well as in Divani Shams. You can, you can never find one single poem where Rumi is complaining about anything. He is in utmost rejoice. Yes, I guess he was in union, really, wasn't he? There isn't the regret. Of the yes, union. he was all the time in a state of union. and yeah. yes. Sometimes the, somebody asked him, have you said your prayer? He said, I am the prayer. 
Yes. Yes. Salat the prayer itself. And the prayer is a way to approach God. We are in His presence. He said, we are in His presence. Now, isn't that poem about the Kalamani Yachamera, doesn't that reflect on that too? In Hamidullah or Rast? It's like, in other words, it, the idea that the, even the bow, for him, the bowing and the prayer was taking him. Manas, yes. Oh, yes. That the prayer was actually breaking his sense of presence. Yes, of course. He, it doesn't mean that these forms are no good. Hmm. But he wants to say that if you get the spirit of prayer, then at all times you are in prayer. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you are in the temple of God. Don't make a, a limited place uh, to go once a while every now and then, every once a week to go to the church or to the mosque to be in the presence of God. Be in the presence of God in this big temple. Mm-hmm. Don't accept any smaller dome than the sky. But also, who is it? Is it Sadi who says that every moment is an aid, is a time of renewal? The Sufis or the mystics have a festival every moment. That's it. Yeah. Yes. But the spiders, means the, the greedy people, the spiders are looking for the fly. <laughs> yes. yes, but the mystics have... Festival. Two festivals actually. Two festivals. Yes, two festivals. For breathing in and breathing yes, out. Yes, breathing in and breathing <laughs> out. Yes. yes. Two reasons to celebrate. Yes. Thank you.